0: Welcome to Raised on D&D Podcast. Twice a month, Raised on D&D brings you inspirational interviews, tips, and strategies to enhance your family's gaming experience. Your host for Raised on D&D has been a game master for 30 years and father to three gamers. Here is Nick Cartarelli. Welcome back, gamers. I'm your host, Nick Carterelli, and this is Raised on D&D. My next guest lives in the North Coast Wilds of Prince Rupert, British Columbia. He is the owner and primary operator of Good Times Games. His Ladies and Kids Hawthorne programs have won the 2019 Gamma Outstanding Organized Play Global Award. He has a coming Patreon that will focus on bringing his Hawthorne programs to the world in print. Please welcome Rob Gruber. Hi Rob. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. So Rob, we're super excited with all the things that you're doing with Good Time Games. Before we jump into all that, we want to ask you, can you take us back to your first experience with tabletop role-playing games? What was that like? How did your passion for D&D begin?
1: Definitely. Uh, I can remember it really well. It was uh, 38 years ago. I was 12 years old, probably a mischievous kid at the time. Um, you know, Not unlike most of my friends and my mom signed me up for a Dungeons and Dragons summer camp that one of the other moms put together. I didn't know what Dungeons and Dragons was. All I knew is it sounded like I was going to summer school (laughs) and it had me freaked out. I didn't want to go. It was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We started at nine. We finished at three. It sounded like school to me. Right. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. I I don't want to be fooling around outside and other stuff. But uh, anyways, I signed the, I signed the thing. My mom signed, said that I would attend all summer. That mom hired a high school kid. To be our dungeon master, I, that first day that changed my life. That changed my life that first day. We played all summer. At the end of the summer, I was you know panicking. Like, how do I? How are we going to continue? You know like the summer's coming to an end. I love this Dungeons and Dragons stuff. It's crazy, great, and my friends loved it. And my dad, who was, I think he's almost like forward thinking for his time, because he was a very You know, he's very solid in the church and all that kind of stuff. And and back then, 38 years ago, church and Dungeons and Dragons didn't go very well together. And I thought, oh, you know, like this is going to be a tough sell. But he actually saw us, you know, reading and laughing and having fun and really enjoying it. And I mean, here's this kid that never picked up a book prior to Dungeons and Dragons. And they're always reading players' handbooks and and, and stuff, saving my allowance to – we collected bottles, you know, whatever we could do to get some Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And he said, he said, Rob, you know what? I'm going to buy you guys all the stuff you need. And we're going to turn the entertainment room downstairs into your little Dungeons and Dragons room. And I thought that was so forward. I didn't think it at the time, but so forward thinking now uh, for him to do that. Cause he knew where we were all the time. You know, like he, he kind of controlled, kept us out of trouble. Friday nights, we, you know, and through high school, we told the social suicide, tell anybody you play Dungeons and Dragons. So we said we were playing poker. You know, we told everybody <laughs> I, I was cabbing the basketball team. There was just no way I was telling anybody I was playing Dungeons and Dragons back then um but yeah i i was like the name of the show i was literally raised on D &D and we played a lot he said you know one of you guys figured out who's gonna be a dungeon master and and i'll buy all the stuff and he bought us he bought us all the books he had books for everybody Dice. you know we were we were pretty spoiled as dragons kids but but i can see his where his motive you know where his motive lied it was it was an amazing story And, and you know i've come a long way since that i've always been the dm from that day forward i've been the dm Occasionally, I get to play in uh, one of my longtime friend Scott's campaigns or, you know, my brother runs some things, too. So I've got I'm surrounded with great DMs here um, in Prince. Of- my son's a fantastic DM. He's only 23, but he's been, you know, DMing my store programs for a decade kind of thing. And,
0: and it's just great. It's just great. Well, Rob, your dad. So he, he provided the space and he provided the supplies. Did he ever sit down and play with you guys? Yeah, you know, uh, not back then. But he has played, you know, since my son has,
1: uh, has been a player, he joins so that he, it's something he can do with his grandson. Uh, go, he He used to have an annual trip where they would go visit my brother in Victoria, and that was one of the things they did while they were down there, and my brother would run a campaign for them. And, yeah, it was just great. I got great pictures of, you know, three generations playing. And now in my programs, I have, you know, I have the girls of Hawthorne, ladies of Hawthorne. Some of those ladies, there's a grandma – a mom and the daughter all playing D&D in our store, like three generations playing in our store. It's just, it's just wild to even think uh, how far it's come here and how acceptable and how
0: just how beloved D&D is in Prince Rupert. That's incredible. And I want to ask you, Rob, how old was your son when you first introduced him to tabletop role-playing games?
1: Uh, he was, he, well, I mean, we've always been playing. We started out, they were six or seven. We started out playing Duel Masters, which was a, a card game. Um, and I had, I'm lucky. My dad has a, had a building downtown with an empty basement that he kind of let me commission as the, as the game club. We called it game game club. It wasn't a store back then. And we would ride run for my son and his friends. And it grew, you know, six kids playing back and or whatever it was we were doing at the time. Mech warrior was really big. We had a lot of mech warrior, the clicks game, the yes. kids game. Um, but we, we play everything. We play something every you know, Friday night after a swim meet, that'd be the reward. We'd play. Saturday afternoon was networking day we'd play and maybe Sunday we'd play something as well. And started like that. It started at six. And I told my son, you know, when you can read the Hobbit from cover to cover, then we'll play Dungeons and Dragons. And he had it done in like nothing, nothing. Uh, and I think it was a, you know, a turning point for his, his, um, he went from, you know, an average student kind of thing, not really engaged to a, yeah, he doesn't see anything by A's. You know, like he became, he became an, uh, you know, honor roll, effort roll kid. Uh, and I, I think Dungeons & Dragons had a big part, a big role in that happening. I see it in lots of other kids. You know, even in our Pokemon club here at the store, five-year-olds learning to read or memorizing what their Pokemon do because they want to they wanna do well, right? So they want to they wanna be able to do the same things that their friends are. So they're really working hard at reading those cards and, or memorizing what those abilities are. And it, it's, I've seen a lot of kids that it's turned around just being part of game club.
0: It's amazing. It's just been positive you were in basketball, your son was in swimming. Myself, I was in wrestling. A lot of my high school gaming buddies were on the football team. One of the beautiful things about the gaming community is how diverse we are. I think that's great that as a reward for doing well, for a reward for reading, a reward for uh, doing sports was getting to play Dungeons and Dragons. So now you have the ladies of D&D and the kids of D&D Hawthorne programs. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, those, the
1: ladies was kind of an accident. Uh, It was really just some really forward thinking moms wanting to, you know, they've got excited kids coming home every week. Uh, from from our heroes program, and I just want to be able to sit at the table and understand what the kids are talking about, and engage them, and be part of. It. So it was a one shot. I I, I wrote it as a one shot. I took sign ups. You know, who wants to learn a little bit of the lingo, the basics, have a little bit of fun. We we did a potluck digger so that, you know, I tried to make it as attractive as possible. Um, and we had, I think we had six ladies, six original ladies that signed up. You know, I mean, they wanted to try the game or just see more what it's about, so that they can understand why their kids are so excited about this. This dungeons and dragons thing and after that session they they fell in love with their characters and just wanted they said hey you know like i know it was a one-time thing can we do it again i was like yeah there's not a problem you know and, th- and then they're talking about it at work another lady you know said well, another woman comes to me and says i'd like to join you know it sounded like it was really fun they ate a bunch of butter chicken it was like wicked and it just grew. It just grew. Friends were telling friends. And we had people that had no kids in the program coming in and trying to, you know, get involved because it was a social night. It was, you know, once a week, twice, uh, once every two weeks, uh, social night. And I've got I've got now I've got women, you know, signing up for birthday party games. They're they're bringing, you know, seven friends and well, they do their you know, they'll have a cake that's got Elvin script on the side. It's like crazy. They're hardcore. They're they're right into it and they've and they've become their characters and they're it's exciting. It's probably you know, I, my friends are great, but the ladies of Hawthorne are one of the greatest groups I've ever I've ever had, a chance. they don't come with any preconceived ideas. It's like, it's wild every time. The idea, whatever they come up with is not in the book. I got to wing it. I got to go off, you know, fly off the seat of my pants. It's just great. It's great for me. As, it's been great for me as a DM. It really pushes me to write excellent content, um, exciting content and engaging content because some of them have been coming for four years. So, you wow. know, it has to be good if, it, you know, the story has to be really compelling to, to bring someone back week after week for four years. The kids are the same thing. Nine years, I've got some kids, you know, Peyton Kloster has been playing with me for nine years. You know, nine years, she was just a little girl. Now she's, you know, in middle school. It's crazy.
0: You have a actual brick and mortar storefront good time games right there in Prince Rupert. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. My game store has been here uh, 14 years. Uh, and the club about six years prior to that. So
0: what made you wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'm going to own my own hobby and game store.
1: Well, believe it or not, my brother and I had this dream long before it even, you know, we even came, came to it. Um, we want, we thought we wanted to open a game store when we were kids. And so we even had a name picked out. We had good times picked out way back then. And, you know, we went with life and things and whatever. And, then one day I, you know, as this started getting bigger in my community, the game club started getting too much to do as just a hobby and it, and it had to become a little bit more. Um, I had to, you know, I asked him, to said, Hey, Mike, I, you know, I'm ready to, to make good times come to life here. And, and he was like, yeah, sure. You know, like, you know, take the name, make it, do it. And it's just, you know, now my brother's moved home in the last couple of years uh, from Victoria and he's a huge part of what we do here. He's probably, him and his wife are probably my best demo agents for demoing board games. They're just, you know, they're just hardcore board games. And he's so good at teaching new players. We have a lot, we don't have the the stereotypical uh, demographic a lot of the time. So he's great at you know, teaching families how to play tiny towns and, and things like that. He's just, he's just dynamite. And, and I'm lucky to have him here.
0: That's wonderful. And so the family still getting together around the game table and you made a business out of it. And it's incredible. I want to talk a little bit more about your, uh, your, your Heroes program. So you have taken the kids from the tabletop and you've taken them into the world of LARPing or live action role-playing. They're dressing up. They've got boffer weapons. They're going out into parks. And um, I always wanted to go to one of those camps, like in Connecticut or something, where you could go and they, you rent out the cabin and you get to be your character like all weekend long. And I've never been able to do it. But you've done it. You've made that happen and you've made it happen for your whole community. So tell us more about that. We've kind of developed
1: between my son and myself and um, one of our employees here, a young lady named Olivia, we've developed what's called the swords and sorcery program. And it's a set of rules. It's basic enough that five-year-olds can come out and, can tri- and, you know, be part of the action, but it's also, you know, it's got level ups and different, different intricacies that make it a- appealing for the older kids as well. And even adults, I've, I've done, you know, adult birthday parties at the park as well, where we can do sort of fighting birthdays um, but yeah, it's, it's grown. It started out as kind of like a little scavenger hunt as part of the D and D. We would do something that happened in the session and then like reenact it around town. I'd have plants and different things. They'd find different things at different locations and have to figure out where I was in the end. And then it would be a giant fight. Um, but now it's just grown. Like we'll have the D and camp going on in the summer and then we'll have gamer kids camp, which joins with them for the swords and sorcery. And then we've got drop in swords as well. So There's not, there's days that those numbers swell to 60, 70 kids that were taken over for sword fighting. Wow. A nice day. It's, you know, it's crazy. We did, um, we did a couple of medieval feasts, not last year, but the year before when there was no Corona, uh, and they were both 70 plus everybody in full dress up that they could. We ate outside, we ate elven, you know, we had, I read proclamations as the elf King and we had awards and stuff included. We gave away a bunch of swords and different things. And it was fantastic, you know, and we had so many parents there watching their kids, you know, get get awards and get proclamations, be named to the Dwarven Guard or the Elven Royal Guard kind of thing and, and get their place in, in, in kind of the program. Super fun. Kids as young as five, boys and girls, and then all the way up to, you know, adults. We have lots of adults that join us because it's just hella fun, right?
0: That's amazing. And, I, and I've seen on your Facebook page, Good Time Games, photos, the kids are out there, rain or shine, getting out there, big battles, um, but 70 people. And I, I've, had, I've had some experience with the Society for Creative Anachronism and no one would ever ever affiliate SCA with LARPing. Okay, so before everyone sends me hate comments, no one's saying that, all right? But the idea of having 70 children in the park with full uh, armor and boffer weapons and uh, dressed like elves and dwarves, just just amazing. But it's really become a Prince Rupert phenomenon. It's taken over the whole community. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I mean, when we walk down to head to the park, the
1: car's going by honk and wave and salute the kids. And we've got our, our call that we call to people that we see on the street that we know. It's, it's amazing. Every, everybody loves driving by and seeing the kids at the park, you know, doing swords and sorcery. Uh, they love being part of it. We've got parents that are part of it. I mean, we even, I went over and we had a big uh, special event we ran for Christmas, our holiday uh, event, which we had six groups of D&D all in like a, uh, a storyline that ran. Each of them played for four hours straight, kind of thing, and the storyline continued. And I had our mayor. We had like dignitaries, or, you know, from different uh, parts of the community come and join us for the big finale. I um, mean, you know, our mayor wow. even came up to a stop. He, he, you know, I, I went up in my full elven elf king garb with an entourage to invite him with a proclamation to invite him to attend uh, right at City Hall. And it was crazy, you know, like I, here I was, you know, standing there full leather armor, got my glaive and, and everything. And we're asking the mayor to come help defend the community. Basically. Um, you know, it was an alliance of men and elves and it was just cr- just really, really electric and cool. And we, we even had our local cable company broadcast the whole event so people could tune in from home and watch <sighs> the kids playing D and D watch, you know, some of the kids brought their parents and signed them up and parents played with them for the first time. And it was just a fantastic, you know, it was a weekend. We had the upstairs of the store done up like a like a tavern, so kids could hang around, uh, do coloring pages, watch the action on a big screen. And there was a fireplace there, a big screen fireplace. It was it was just it was wild. We we try to really go all out when we do stuff. And the same thing for our medieval feasts. You know, we have big big deals. I do fairy tale camps where we've got little girls as young as four five, six years old, they're dressed up, I, I wear my tutu and my wings and teach them about <laughs> fairies and we do a craft or build a house or maybe magic wands or something and those are hugely popular and we've had fairytale camps that have been 30 kids and we'll, we'll have a picnic at the park and catch some catch some things to make use in building our house and stuff like that. Lots of, There's a lot of uh, creativity, a lot of imagination being employed here in Prince Rupert. Here in Prince Rupert, people believe in dragons and elves and and things like that it's uh it's part of regular life in our little community and i and i love it for that and i love the f- fact that my town embraces me embraces this creativity everybody applauds it and is part of it instead of you know looking looking down on it it's it's,
0: exci- it's awesome you know and i know there's so many towns that would love to have the same thing going on you know like it's very inspirational not only for your community, but also the fact that you bring families together and that it all started with your family. And that is amazing. You're very passionate about Dungeons and Dragons. Your father had the foresight of seeing the benefits of the game. You know, when, when parents are like, why should my child waste their time? I mean, he could be playing basketball. He could be going to swim meet. Why Dungeons and Dragons? What's, what's the benefit of it? What do you say to those kind of parents?
1: Well, I mean, I also encourage uh, kids to be pretty well-rounded. So you should be in a swim club. You should be doing basketball, but you can also do Dungeons and Dragons. You can also play card games or board games with us as well. It's uh, it's great because it makes every kid have a huge friend circle. And who doesn't? As a parent, who doesn't want their kid to have fifty friends, you know, to start with? And then um, team play. It's the same as basketball. You know, Dungeons and Dragons is a team game, just the same as basketball. You know, I always encourage. The kids to be heroes. We don't have any evil characters. We don't have any. You know, you're always fighting against the bad guys in in our programs. And I and I, you know, make sure I hammer that home with the parents too. That that's what they're going to learn. If they stray or want a lone wolf too badly, you know, they won't be able to play because that's not what we encourage here in the store. Um, critical thinking is massive with these kind of with any kind of game. Being able to adapt on the fly, you know, to change your plan. Being able to, you know, take a situation and try to figure out the best way to navigate through it. These are all important things, problem solving. These are all, these are all life skills that you're, these kids are learning and they don't know they're learning. They're having fun. They love it. You know, guy wants to do something stupid. And he's going to pay the fees. There's consequences. And, and he's going to learn that. He's not going to do it next time because, you know, his character almost died or, or got him put in jail or something, something. You know, there are, and I think you can, I use Dungeons and Dragons to, or I did for my son. I used it for life lessons all throughout as I was doing it. Those guys didn't know they were learning stuff. You're just having a blast. And I, th- I think it's an easy sell on parents. So easy. Uh, you know, it's, it's inexpensive to, to play Dungeons and Dragons and the, the benefits are, are huge.
0: Well, Rob, moving forward, you're talking about the Hawthorne programs being made into print and being able to be put in the hands of people who want to build communities just like yours. Tell, tell us what the plan is there. Yeah,
1: I mean, the plan has been kind of stalled a little bit. I was, uh, you know, Corona put a little damper on things, and I had to shift the business around and do some different things just to, to stay relevant here and keep things going. Obviously, we are very entertainment-driven, uh, you know, my business model. So we had to shift a retail-driven plan and, and some other things. So things have changed a little bit in that, but I still have it on the table. I know there are lots of other stores, lots of other communities, Dungeon Masters, players that would like to you know, emulate what we've kind of achieved here. I've got, you know, decades of stories that I've written. I've never played out of modules. I've always written all the content myself. So I've, I want to bring that to print. That's all part of the Hawthorne program. I'd like to do it as a Patreon so that I can leak a little bit of my information monthly. Uh, people can subscribe and kind of follow the same storyline that we've used here for the Ladies of Hawthorne or for the or Heroes of Hawthorne. Uh, I've got, you know, I want to be able to add one shots for birthday parties so stores can monetize uh, this program for themselves. I want to see everybody kind of succeed with this program. It's going to include the swords and sorcery rules, which have taken you know a long time to develop and fine tune um, and to bring to the point where right now we love our swords and sorcery program. It, it, our rules, our kids chant them over there. It's like a cult when I say, what's the most important rule, live action sorcerer, you know, like it's just it's just crazy. It's just good. we hammer hammer those rules <laughs> home, and even kids as young as five, uh, they they get them because you know they want to be there, and they, uh, so they're learning quickly. But all that stuff I want to make available. The I, the end result is really I would I would love you know before the end of my days to see that Hawthorne Players Guide or Hawthorne Campaign Book imprint in, in a hardcover, you know, beautifully illustrated and and ready to go because I've got. I've played every edition. I mean, there's no wrong way to play Dungeons and Dragons. I take something from every edition. I To really say that I play Dungeons and Dragons is probably not even accurate because I common sense rule almost everything on the fly. I never open a book. I've got, you know, I've got six-year-olds. If I open a book to look for something, I've lost my my audience. And right. so I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at narrating. I'm pretty good at telling a story, seeing, you know, if they engage in something, I'll shift everything to go that direction. Just make it fun. Everybody, everybody deserves to have fun, not at the expense of anybody else at the table. So, you know, like that's, that's my plan. I'd like to see that in print. I've got, you know, my banner is on my Facebook page, my Hawthorne uh, fantasy storytelling, telling telling banner. I'd love to see that on the cover of a book. And that would be dream come true for me. That would
0: be the end end of all ends for, for the elf king right there. Well, and Rob, we want to see that too. So. If uh, you get to that point and you're doing a crowdfunding or a Kickstarter, you let us know so we can let our listeners know because we want them to be able to get their hands on that book one day too. So Rob, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for all your great advice. We hope that your inspiration transcends the internet. We're listened to in 36 countries on six continents. So we hope that somewhere someone is going to spring up up the Hawthorne program in their little community as well.
1: Well, I really think the name of the show is very, hits the mark with me. I, I was raised on D&D, so I'm very happy to be here.